Tonight I want us to hear the word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read the first sixes, and then we're going to read 16 through 21. Uh, you, can, you can stay seated for this this evening, but this is in Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your right hand know what your don't do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be give, be done in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, so as to show others that they are fasting. But truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father, who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven." Where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. Ash Wednesday is kind of a unique holy day for us. Normally, when we get together, the pastor's job is to encourage you and to build you up and to strengthen your relationship with Christ. And while my goal today is not to tear you down, my goal will be to help us all remember that every good thing comes from God and not from our own power and might. I want you to think of a time that you felt very, very small. Let me give you an example. At my high school, which was extremely small, everyone knew everyone. I was class president for a couple of years. I was the yearbook editor. I was one of the captains of the soccer team. I was on the drum line. And boy, I felt like a pretty big fish. Then I went to college. And while Trevecca is a lot smaller than most universities, it was still much larger than my high school. And Nashville was about one million times the size of the town that I grew up in. Being at Trevecca made me realize that in high school, it wasn't that I was a big fish. I was just in a really, really small pond. Then I got to Nashville, and I felt like a speck of dirt on the bottom of the ocean. No one knew who I was. I could go to Walmart or the dollar store and not get recognized. Did I even matter? I thought I was so important. And then I realized that the vast majority of the world doesn't even know that I exist. And I felt like I was about this big. I'm sure you felt this way at some point in your life. Maybe you picked a fight with someone that was much stronger than you expected. Or maybe you really thought you were faster than that other kid on the playground. And as they zipped past you, you realized that you were very wrong and instantly embarrassed. What Ash Wednesday does to us is it gives us a dose of reality. 
and realizing that we were made from the dust and to dust we shall return. We're going to watch a video together. It's about seven minutes long, but I ask that you please hang in there. It's very intriguing. This is Pastor Louis Giglio, who pastors Passion City Church here in Atlanta. Uh, We've gone through some of his books. Some of you have even watched this same uh, video together before. But I want us to take a look so that we get a glimpse of how small we really are. Go ahead, Courtney. We are here tonight to worship a huge, massive God of grace and glory. The story opens like this. In case you forgot, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. And that was a phenomenal moment when that happened because light came out of the mouth of God traveling 186,000 miles a second. There's an image of it for you, by the way. It's a little more fierce than we often think. It's 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface, but what I want you to see about it is how big it is. It's 93 million miles away, so when you're looking up in the sky, it's pretty good pace out there. By the way, light traveling 186,000 miles a second, it's only taken eight minutes to cover that 93 million mile journey to touch your skin here in Atlanta, Georgia. But what I want you to see is the size of it. It's like a million times the size of the earth, and that matters to us tonight when you hear what the psalmist said. Listen to words. By the word of the Lord, this is Psalm 33, the heavens were made. In other words, God didn't lift a finger when he made the universe. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. But he goes on to say, their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. So we're looking at something so intense that we don't want to get any closer than 93 million miles away, which is what we are right now. And then we read that God just breathes out stars. It's crazy to think about it. A million times the size of the earth. So here's a little perspective that sort of changed my life. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, okay, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. Okay, that didn't seem to move anybody either. So let me try it a different way. Let me just try it just a different way. I thought I might need this, so I brought a golf ball, okay? So all through the evening, this is going to represent Earth, all right? So this is where we are. I need everybody in the building to look as closely as you can and find yourself, okay? And when you've found yourself, I want you to nod your head that I know you've located you on the Earth, okay? You're nodding your head? Okay, you found yourself. If the Earth were a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. That's not 15 feet in diameter. Can we blow that up just a hair maybe give them 15 feet in diameter? So here's a little perspective for you, okay? Is this working for anybody? Here we are on the Earth, and that's the sun. It's so big. It's so big, you could put... 960,000 earths inside the sun. So if the earth were a golf ball and the, and the sun were 15 feet in diameter, you could put 960,000 golf balls inside that 15-foot diameter sun. That's enough golf balls, by the way, because I know that seems like a big number, to fill a school bus with golf balls could fit inside the 15-foot diameter sun. It's a massive star, and it's one of hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy, our cul-de-sac in the neighborhood called the cosmos that God has made. I love science, and science has just brought us the largest star they found. It's called, are you ready for this, Canis Majoris. Now, I'm no linguist, but that's a cool name for the biggest star we've found so far. I think that means the big dog star, and that's exactly what it is. I bring it to you as a little bitty purple, you know, glow just to the right of center there. 
but Canis Majoris, oh wow. If the earth were a golf ball, <laughs> Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. Almost six miles above sea level, the highest point on the planet. And I just dare you to get up there and unzip the parka and pull out your golf ball. <laughs> you could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside Canis Majoris. That's enough Earths if the Earth were a golf ball to cover the entire state of Texas in golf balls, 22 inches deep. Do you see the one you're on? Maybe this will help a little bit more. This absolutely blew my mind. It's a journey through our solar system. Everyone knows our planets and sort of how we fit in the story here. You see really quickly that we're not even the biggest deal in our own solar system, but as earth comes by, you have to know tonight that we are living on a privileged planet. Anyone would tell you we're living at one of the most special places, if not the most special place in all of creation. But Neptune comes by and Saturn and then Jupiter and you're like, okay, we're not all that big, even in our own little cul-de-sac. I just noticed the blue dot fading away is not the earth. That's Neptune. The earth has gotten too small to see anymore. Sirius comes by. Little plug for satellite radio. Not the biggest star, but the brightest star that we have found so far. Pollux, which we didn't. Arcturus. Such a beautifully named one, Regal. But then the one that messed me up. Our third star, Lucifi's cousin, W. Cephe. that you couldn't come up here right now with a sharp and make a mark on the screen that would approximate the size of our sun. You couldn't even do it. I mean, when you look at these and their relative size, we just have to put a little arrow over there that says, if you could put the sun on here, which you can't, it would go somewhere about here. And um, can you hang on that for me? And when you see this, I don't know what happens to you, but I'll tell you what happens to me. A shrinking feeling comes over me, and it's not a bad shrinking feeling. It's a good shrinking feeling. Because sin, it has a, a way of shrinking God down in our minds and puffing us up in our own estimation. But just a glance into the universe that God has made resizes everything in a heartbeat. 
and you realize tonight we are worshiping an unrivaled, uncontested God of all kind of might and power and glory and awe who is, there's none like him anywhere in all of creation tonight. So I bet you feel pretty small right about now. And that's the point. Even though it's Ash Wednesday, though, I still have gospel. I still have good news for us tonight, church. The God that created those planets and those stars with words is the same God that created you. This is the same God that is eager to have relationship with you. This is the same God that told us in our text today to fast and to listen. This God is inviting us into meaningful practices like fasting and giving in abundant generosity. That's what it means to give alms, as our scripture told us tonight. This God tells us that we need to do, uh, that we need to do things not in an effort to become a big fish in a small pond, but to show others that their lives are not meaningless. No matter how small we are in comparison... Our lives are not meaningless. These other people, they're, just, they're also just a speck on this planet that is so tiny in comparison to all that God has created. But they too are of utmost importance to our Creator. And as we journey through Lent together, I want us to see that Jesus is calling us to listen and pay attention that sounds familiar, right? We've talked about it for a month now. The whole idea of giving up something during this season is so that we listen better. It is, it is so that we realize that we really are. We are just a blip on the map. And we're made from dust. Yet God calls us His bride. We, the church, are what God is pursuing, what God is after Not all of these insanely large and bright stars, not the fanciest things we've created, not the greatest academic institutions, but us. God wants deeper relationship with you in this season. And may we follow this text from Matthew and lay something down without boasting about it. We don't have to post on social media what we've given up. You know, my favorite thing is when people give up social media for Lent, and they put a post out there saying, Hey, everyone, I'm giving up Lent. I'm giving up social media for Lent. Just wanted to let you know. It kind of defeats the purpose. We just lay something down, just like Ted did. She even tried to not lay something down. But it just worked out perfectly that as she grabbed that, that $10 bill, that something fell out. Something's got to give. Because I know that you're operating at 100%. You already are. That's how we operate in our society. We don't have to complain to others about that which we gave up. We don't need to complain about, oh, I just miss chocolate so much. I know God's doing something, but I just miss it. I do. (laughs) And if you've never done, given anything up for Lent, just remember that Sundays are feast days, which means you can do the thing on Sundays. So just save your chocolate and have seven days worth on Sunday. But instead, when we, instead of complaining to others about missing that thing that we've given up, we spend those moments in prayer, in silence, seeking for the voice of our Creator who is always speaking to us. We've just been too busy to listen.
Our hands have been too full. Our text this evening gave us some pretty straightforward ideas. We give generously without boasting. We give to the poor. We sacrifice on behalf of the other. And we do this without expecting a parade in our honor. We do this without getting in the newspaper because of our generosity. We do it so that others may have their needs met. We fast in a way that only benefits our relationship with God. Not in a, ma- in a matter that allows others to evaluate us. And the end of our text tells us that our reward is not in physical things. Our reward is in the kingdom of God which is breaking out in our midst. And if, if it was not a safety hazard, I would give everyone a needle tonight. And I'd ask you to carry it with you all through the season of Lent. So that every time God spoke to you, every time you did something, and your ego started to blow up just a little bit, that that needle would be there to remind you and to burst your bubble and to say, whoa, calm down, slick. You're not that good. While it's okay to know that God is proud of you in those moments, Don't let it ever begin to take away your realization that you are able to do absolutely nothing without the gracious God that we serve. So today I invite you to come forward. And and this is a practice that we only do once a year, and it's kind of strange. But I'm going to invite you to come forward and... And, and Pastor Trevor here and Pastor Patty will be here. And, and they'll have cups with ashes in them. And, and normally what we would do is, is we would place the ashes on your forehead. And give you a reminder that from ashes you came and to ashes you will return. Or from dust you came and to dust you shall return. Just reminding us of our frailty and our, our, our just how weak we are without Christ. But in, in our current situation with COVID and everything, what we've done is we've, we've put the ashes in cups so that each family group could come and receive a cup with the ashes in it um, and, and share that with your family. Um, there's not much ash in each cup because you don't really need a lot. You just need a little bit. Um, and, and normal tradition it would be to mark the sign of the cross on your forehead. Um, just, just to be reminded that it is in light of the cross that we do any of this. It's in light of the death and resurrection of Christ that we would even be willing to lay something down. So again, I know it's strange. You might have never done this before. So you can receive the ashes on your forehead. Some people prefer it on your hand. And if you don't want to do it at all, that's fine. We understand. But, but it's an opportunity for us to come forward and to be reminded that tonight we lay something down because we are just so small and so frail but we rely on a God who is so big and so faithful. So um, Melanie and, and uh, Karen are going to come and receive first, and then I invite you to come and, and receive. Again, you can just send one person f- per family group to come. Uh, we should have plenty of ashes. Um, and then go ahead and in your, in your family, or even if you're by yourself, you can do it. But just mark the ashes, uh, mark the sign of the cross on your forehead. So come as a response to the word of the Lord this, this evening.
find ourselves. We find ourselves saying, Lord, let this be where I die to self. I let go and I pick up what is yours and I lean into that. So tonight I'd like to take just a few moments in um, something we don't do frequently or hardly ever in the church is to sit in silence. That's something that, that is essential in the season of Lent to be able to sit in silence on your own. So we're going to practice together. I want for just the next maybe two minutes or so that we just sit in silence in reflection and in prayer. And we realize that God is calling us to lay it all down at his feet and to pick up the things that are his. So I'll close this in prayer, but first let's have some time of silence and reflection and contemplative prayer. Lord, may this time of silence be a reflection of what is to come in this season of Lent for us. Maybe, maybe make times, as the text told us tonight, to, to go into our closet, into a quiet place, and get away and pray. It's so tempting to just keep picking up other things. But Lord, in this season, may we recognize that, that you're calling us to lay things down. Things that might not even be inherently bad, but they take up time and energy in our thoughts. Lord, as we lay those down, may we all near to you. Lord, tonight, help us to feel small. For our egos to be shrunk. So that we could stand in awe of the greatness of who you are. Lord, just as you made Adam and Eve from the dust of the dirt, just as you breathed into those dry bones in Ezekiel and brought life into them, we're reminded tonight of our frailty, but we're reminded of the power that happens when your spirit breathes on us. And so the song we sang tonight is our prayer, that you would come, Holy Spirit, for we need you. We need you in these days 
that seems so chaotic in the world. We need you to guide us and direct us, to show us your face, and help us to be ready to watch and listen. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear in this season what you would have for us. And now as we go from this place, may we be a blessing to this world. May we be a people that are blessed to be a blessing. May we be a people of dust that your spirit has breathed upon. And now you will do great things in us. So may the God who is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine empower you today to go forth into this world as agents of change and agents of the very creator God. It's in that precious and holy name of Jesus that we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. You may go in a place, but I do ask that we keep the, the sanctuary as a quiet place of solitude for now, if anyone would like to stay in the quiet for a few moments. So um, as you congregate, please congregate outside of the sanctuary. Thank you. Be blessed.